Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Rob Longo. Hi, friends, and welcome to today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of your Charlotte Hornets, brought to you by Senta. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates are the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of your Charlotte Hornets. Rob Longo with you today after what is, unfortunately, a Silver Linings edition of the HHC. The Hornets start off their first road trip of the regular season with a loss in Houston, 128-119, to a final score. Give credit where credit's due. Houston just outshot the Hornets, quite frankly, especially in the second half as the Rockets end up going 13-for-16 from beyond the arc in the second half. We'll have more on the stats and the notes from this one in a few moments. We'll also recap our silver lining performances, and we'll also talk about some roster moves that were made official here over the last couple of days that kind of solidify the future of the Hornets at one specific position. And helping me out with all of this on this edition of the HHC, it's the one and only lead writer of Hornets.com, Sam Perley. And Sam, thank you for joining me on this edition of the Hornets Hivecast. I know it's a Silver Lions edition, but it's the first time that we're finally able to link up in a regular season after that three-game homestand. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for having me. I wish you could come under better circumstances, but as I always say, it's great to hop on and talk Hornets basketball, even if it comes in a loss. Hopefully there's more wins down the horizon, but yeah, ready to dive into this one when you are. Yeah, let's get right after. Hornets fall to 1-3 and three after last night's 128-119 loss in Houston, and it was a weird one to begin. Charlotte led this one early, but the Rockets just were not missing. They were 8-10 from the field early on. They shot 65% from the field in general in the first quarter. The Hornets were shooting pretty well themselves at about a 57% clip, but just too many turnovers there in the first half as Charlotte had seven in the first quarter, ended up having 11 in the first half alone as Houston closed the first quarter on a 9-2 run in the final 91 seconds. Fred Van Fleet started off the game hot. He had 13 points in the first quarter. He was 5-7 of seven from the field, 3-5 for five beyond the arc. And then the Hornets were able to climb out of that hole despite being down 39-27 to 27 after one quarter of play. They outscored Houston 31-22 to 22 in the second quarter. Hornets closed the first half on a 21-11 to 11 run in the final six minutes or so. P.J. Washington, 14 points in that first half. Gordon Hayward had 12 points in the first half as well. Backtracking a little bit, P.J. Washington, 4-5 of five from beyond the arc in the first two quarters. Gordon Hayward, by the way, in the first half, 6-8 of eight shooting from the field. Fred Van Fleet had 19 points at the break. Jalen Green had 11. Alpern Shengun had 10 on the other side for the Rockets. Things kind of got a little dicey there in the third quarter. Charlotte had to call a timeout early on in the third frame to stop a 16-5 run that the Rockets put together coming out of the locker room. Neither team shot the ball particularly well there in that third quarter. Houston dived down to about a 41% field goal percentage. They still shot 6 of 8 from beyond the arc, though. Hornets went cold, 30% shooting in that third frame, 1 of 6 beyond the arc, and then things went way, way, way haywire in that fourth quarter. It ended up being a 42-point quarter for the Rockets. It was a 41-point quarter for Charlotte as both teams shot 60% or better there in that fourth quarter. The Rockets just simply shot better, 68% from the field in the fourth frame, 7 of 8 beyond the arc, and 9 for 11 at the charity stripe. Charlotte in that fourth quarter, 60% from the field, 4 for 8 from 3, and 7 to 10 at the stripe. Just a little too late for Charlotte to turn it around there after falling in that early deficit. P.J. Washington, 23 points, tied for a game high along with Jalen Green, who got a couple of free throws late in garbage time to tie with that game high for 23 points of his own. But Fred Van Fleet, 22 points. Dylan Brooks had a good game as well for Houston. Those free agent acquisitions that the Rockets were able to go out and get this offseason paired with some of their younger talent and ended up working out pretty well for them as they ended up with their first win of the season as they end up just shooting lights out there 
from beyond the arc, and it ended up being almost a monumental game for the Rockets. I mean, in fairness, it really was because it was a season high with those 21 made three-pointers. They only had 20 or more made threes last year. I went back and looked, and it only happened once, and it was on the road in Orlando earlier in the season when they shot when they had 24 made three-pointers, so a little uncharacteristic from this Rockets team. But again, new coach, new system, new players, maybe a new-look Rockets team as Charlotte falls 128-119. to But uh, Sam, that was basically the recap of this one. For me, personally, it was just the hot three-point shooting, and I know that the Rockets had some open looks. There were some defensive breakdowns from Charlotte, but at the end of the day, when a team ends up shooting about 57% from beyond the arc, they should probably win the game more times than not, and the Hornets almost mounted a comeback there late in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and I was as I was scanning over the the box score after the game, and I think you said it kind of in the opening part where they I didn't even realize they were eighty one percent in the second half. I mean, it was oh my, I, that just it completely blew me away when I looked it up. It's like that can't be right, but yeah, they were thirteen of sixteen or thirteen of fifteen, and three point shooting was one thing, and it circles back to the start. I mean, they're they're playing from behind again. Uh, I know Steve Clifford kind of stressed that at the beginning of the game. They play, they've tried by double digits in all four games this year, and I think they've done a good job kind of writing themselves in, in most of these games. They've made a run at it. They've got into single digits most times, and they you know they got within five with a two and a half minutes to go, and that just takes so much energy out of you to to crawl back from seventeen eighteen down and to finally kind of get to right when you're supposed to get to you know, over onto the summit and then it starts sliding back a little bit. So I think sometimes it gets lost how hard it is to come back from being down 18, 19 points really regularly. So it's just a tough start again. I think defensively, there was a lot of mistakes. I mean, Steve Clifford talked about pick and roll coverages. I mean, you know, every single mistake they seem to capitalize on. And, and once you kind of let a team get in a rhythm and start hitting some threes and it starts to kind of snowball a little bit. So they, the defense broke down to start the game, and it just kind of, like I said, snowballed on itself. It let him get into rhythm, let him shoot, and uh, yeah, it just kind of got away from them too. So overall, I think it's just a tough start, and then when the defense needs to get some big-time stops there in the fourth quarter, they just couldn't do it. A couple of things that you touched on there that I really want to kind of really hone in on. The fast-break points were a big thing that you talked about, 21-15 to 15 advantage Houston in that because of the turnovers, because they capitalized more like you mentioned. Houston turned the ball over 17 times resulted in 20 Charlotte points. The Hornets turned the ball over 16 times, so one fewer, but able to capitalize the Rockets were. They finished with 27 points off of those turnovers, so that was kind of the big distance. The biggest thing for me, though, Sam, that I I kind of find frustrating as just a person skimming over the box score, watching the game, that sort of thing is, yes, you give credit where credit's due when it comes to the three-point shooting, but the Hornets played their game. They played their style of basketball. They outscored the Rockets 58-32 in the paint. Steve Clifford always talks about those point touches. He always talks about playing defense. Again, defense wasn't the greatest yesterday. He said it after the game multiple times that they put some stuff in over the last two days that just did not work for whatever reason. He said he went over it several times and just not able to execute it, and you're going to have that sometimes where there's just some lapses. But again, at the same time, this team was down as many as 18 in the first half. They were able to make it a three-point deficit at halftime. They trailed 61-58. to Just seemed like they were trending in the right direction. Houston comes out, blows their doors off when it comes to that three-point shooting like I talk about, 13-16. to I mean, it's just hard to overcome that. But again, the Hornets played their style of basketball. They stuck with their guns, and it almost worked. That's, for me, probably the most frustrating thing. And that was something else that was brought up after the game is, you know, Steve Clifford said you shoot 50% from the field, you shoot 41% from three. Uh, granted, it was 10 fewer three-pointers made than Houston, which is, 
Uh, I mean, that's a 30-point difference from behind the arc in a game that was decided by nine. You should win that game. So it is tough because it, it does feel like one of those situations where um, – and, th- and this is normal for early season. A lot of teams are kind of going through this. Is if you, you've got one game where you're doing X right and you can't get Y right, and then the next game Y is fine, and then you know you make another mistake and it's Z, and it's it's really it's it's tough to kind of put everything together because sometimes you make a big mistake in one game or one area is a, a, not a priority, and you make that such a big priority in the next game that you kind of lose track of some of the other stuff. So it, it almost means like you you know creating one hole by plugging another one. So. Uh, I think that was something that he kind of keyed in on too. Afterwards, he said something along the lines of, you know, there was a lot of stuff that we did well this game that we didn't do well the first game or the first few games. And a lot of stuff we did the first few games that we didn't do as well this game. So again, it's just kind of all about putting it together and uh, you're seeing flashes right now. It's just about having consistency on both ends of the court. And that's something that Steve Clifford's talked about several times is A, the consistency and B, just the fact that like you touched on, it's only game four. There are things that are going to work in game four that might not work in game 64. There might be things that don't work in game four that do work in game 64. So there's just so much of the unknown here. And Steve Clifford always talks about you really can't evaluate anything until you get to eight or nine, ten games in the season. So we're still a little bit of a ways away. And again, the Hornets don't have their full deck of cards. And I know that was a constant refrain last year, but the bench has taken a hit with some of these injuries like Frank Nielakina, Cody Martin still has not played played yet so far this season as well. Bryce McGowan's is still trying to nurse his way back to that ankle injury that he suffered a couple of weeks ago as well. So there are other reasons why the Hornets might not be winning. Again, they've lost their third straight game after winning the home opener against Atlanta. But again, you got to give credit where credit's due. Houston starters, this is the last point I'll make about this game before we kind of throw it into garbage and move on to the next one. Houston starters just really carried the load there last night in H-Town. I mean, every player was in double figures, almost north of 20 as well. Jamari Smith Jr. had the fewest points of any starters, and he ended up with 17. I mean, Dylan Brooks had 20. Alperin Shingun had 19. Jalen Green, 23. Fred Van Fleet, 22. Nobody off the bench was in double figures for Houston. You go on the other side, and this is kind of something that's been an issue for Charlotte through the first couple preseason games. First regular season games was, I was concerned about the bench scoring. That was not an issue last night. Almost every player was in double figures in the starting role for Charlotte, with the exception of Mark Williams, who finished with nine points. Again, he didn't play a ton, though. He only played 25 minutes. Hornets tried to go small there in the second half to try to match that three-point shooting that the Rockets had. Brandon Miller, Nick Richards, both with double figures off the bench. They each had 10 points. Brandon Miller just continues to shine. 4-9 from the field shooting, 5 rebounds, 2 assists. Again, I just love what this kid has been able to bring to the table. Nick Richards, another solid performance. Nearly had a double-double off the bench as well. 10 points, 8 boards. A lot more numbers to get to here in our next segment. We're going to talk about our silver linings. Will it be one of those guys off the bench? Well, you'll have to stick around and find out here on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta. Rob Longo and the lead writer of Hornets.com, Sam Perley, with you here on this edition of the Hornets Hivecast, as always presented by Senta. Charlotte Falls last night, 128-119. to There's always something to look at a positive way after a loss. And one last night, of course, where the three-point shooting was just on for the Rockets, where 
Charlotte was not able to overcome that despite shooting 50% from the field, 41% from beyond the arc. But again, several standout performances from the Hornets. P.J. Washington finished with a 23-point performance, tied for a game high. Terry Rozier also north of 20. Gordon Hayward, 17 points. LaMelo Ball had 19 points, 10 of those coming late in the fourth quarter. I won't spiel anymore. I will defer to Sam Perley for his silver lining performance in last night's game. So, Sam, what direction would you like to go to? I'm going to go with T.J. Washington, like you said, tied uh, for the game high with 23 points, led the Hornets in that category, 8 of 13 shooting, 5 of 6 from 3, hit both of his his free throw attempts, uh, also had 3 rebounds. I thought he started the game really aggressively, too. This was not like the 23 points kind of coming in, you know, when the game was out of hand. I mean, he came out firing, was really aggressive, knocked down a couple corner three three-pointers, and I think that's when he's at his best. When he goes out there and starts with it and gets a couple possessions and they run some offense through him and he's scoring off the dribble, it just really, really helps him get into a rhythm, into a flow to start games more so than a lot of other guys that kind of wait. He just, I think he does his best when he just kind of goes for it, too. So second 20-point game of the season for P.J. Washington, and uh, I thought it was really encouraging the three-point shooting, too, because he entered this game three of 14 on the season from three-point range and had only hit one three in each of his first three games, one of six, one of five, and one of three. So to go five of six, uh, hopefully that's a good sign of things to come. That long ball starting to drop a little bit. Shen Gunlop has intercepted. Terry Rozier takes it away. Gives it to Williams, right back to Terry, up the floor for P.J. Set shot for three. Yes, nothing but nylon. P.J. Washington certainly helped out the cause there in the game last night. You mentioned those 23 points. 14 of those came in the first half when he ended up going four for five from beyond the arc. That's great. Nine point third quarter, 23 points going into the fourth quarter, and then doesn't score in the fourth frame. That was kind of only my one quiver with Mr. Washington from last night's game is just did not do anything in the fourth quarter. I know there were other guys that took over, so it's not entirely his fault. Didn't even attempt a shot there in that fourth frame, despite playing nine and a half minutes out there on the floor in a quarter where it ended up being basically Terry Rozier and LaMelo Ball. And that's fine. If you have guys that are capable of that, that are going to take over the game in the fourth quarter, I have no problem deferring to him. I mean, Terry Rozier had 13 in the fourth quarter. LaMelo Ball had 13 points in the fourth quarter, and he didn't even come off the floor in the fourth frame. He played the entire 12 minutes. So did Brandon Miller, too, which I think is a little interesting considering the track record that Steve Clifford has when it comes to playing rookies where they kind of really have to earn their minutes. Brandon Miller certainly done that, and we've heard the praises from Steve Clifford several times here on the podcast, on the broadcast, wherever you're listening to your Hornets news. Brandon Miller has been in it because of how phenomenal he has been as of late. Terry Rozier also played nearly 11 minutes in that fourth quarter as well. So the strength of the starters were out there. The big guns were out there trying to will their way to that comeback despite going down eight heading into the fourth frame. And then again, ended up being a nine-point spread at the end of the contest just because the Rockets were able to put up 42 compared to the 41 that the Hornets did in that fourth quarter. For me, my top performer from last night, my silver lining, I'm going to go with Gordon Hayward. Lamello, bounce pass to Hayward. Hayward cuts to the cup. He'll rise up, left hand, bank shot, good, count and a foul. Gordon Hayward using his body to shield the contact. Gordon Hayward might not have the flashiest of games, and that's going to happen with a savvy veteran out there, but he finishes yesterday with 17 points. 6 of 11 from the field, like I talked about. It was really good there in that first half where he was 6 of 8 shooting with 12 points. So kind of fell off a little bit in the second half. But again, Terry Rozier, LaMelo Ball, those kind of guys were shouldering the load. They finally got going in the third and fourth quarters. Gordon, 5 for 7 at the free throw line, 7 rebounds, 5 assists. He had a block, he had a steal, he did a little bit of everything in 31 minutes out there on the floor. And I think the narrative 
uh, with Gordon Hayward is just kind of unfair to him because I you hear so much when I'm on social media, and I know it's not the best place to get opinions and all that stuff and hear commentary, but everybody just seems to really want to have Gordon be the scapegoat wherein he's not healthy and, and this and that. But, I mean, when he is healthy, he is a game changer out there. And I know that there is people out there already saying Brandon Miller needs to start over Gordon Hayward. Like, no, absolutely not. I mean, look at the game that Gordon had last night. I know Brandon Miller's a great player. He's a great option right now to come off the bench. Gordon Hayward is still that guy despite being in year whatever it is, 13 or 14. Just a savvy veteran out there that when you need a bucket, he is able to go after there and he is able to get it or at least draw contact, go to the free throw line, stop the clock, kind of reset the offense a little bit. That's your guy right there. If you need a stop on defense, more times than not, Gordon Hayward is going to help provide that as well. He is still a phenomenal player, still this late in his career. Uh, that's kind of an overcompassing silver lining, I guess, and that's why he's my pick. But I just thought Gordon played a very steady, even, consistent game last night, Sam. Yeah, for sure. And this was kind of a, a typical Gordon Hayward game in the sense of like, like you said, he, he, he doesn't do things that are really flashy, three-level score, just kind of makes the right plays. Uh, pretty kind of just hard-nosed fundamentals. And then you, you look at the box score afterwards and you look at, oh, look, at there he is again, 17 points, seven rebounds, five assists, only one turnover, shot efficiently, got to the line seven times. So um, he, he's, that's a real testament to his game that I guess he sort of flies under the radar. And I'm trying to think if I can remember a player in Charlotte that had such a similar kind of, or a player in the NBA that can think of such like a similar vibe in the sense it just kind of goes about his business. And when, when you look at the end of the game, it's, it's, oh, it's 16, 17 points. It's eight, nine rebounds. It's seven assists. It's a couple steals. It shoots efficiently too. So it's something that I think, uh, you don't really realize you're missing it as bad as you are until it's gone. And hopefully, uh, you know, Gordon has left some of those injuries in the past. Looks good so far to start the season. And, yeah, he's playing a big role for the Hornets because they need they're, – they're, they're short on the ball handlers right now. They need him as much as they can out there um, and Terry as well while we kind of wait for LaMelo to shake off a little of this rust after uh, rehabbing the entire summer too. So I like the Gordon Hayward pick. It's a good start to the season for him. And, yeah, he just gets better with age. Uh, something worth noting as well, if you might have heard the review podcast after the Brooklyn game, you may have noticed or may have heard about LaMelo Ball having his 53-game streak snapped of making a three-pointer against Brooklyn the other night on Monday. Not the case. He started a new streak here last night against Houston. Goes just 2 of 6 from beyond the arc, but able to kind of turn the corner there and get back on track. So we'll see if he can make it to 54 games uh, this time around as he finishes with 19 points in a 128-119 to loss. Touched on Mark Williams a little bit about those nine points that he had, 25 minutes. Again, just wasn't really with the flow of the game in the second half as the Horns try to go small, try to increase that three-point percentage and that three-point shooting to match Houston. But we're going to talk about Mark here in a few moments. Some news on his front and his future with Charlotte. We'll tell you all about it next. They're on a Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta. Rob Longo and Sam Purley of Hornets.com putting a button on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast. And some recent news, Sam, that was announced on Tuesday in case you missed it. Charlotte Hornets President of Basketball Operations, General Manager Mitch Kupchak, announced that the team has exercised its third-year team option on center Mark Williams. This is kind of commonplace for a majority of rookies. More oftentimes than not, their options are picked up. This is more of a formality. We know that Mark Williams is definitely in the plans in the future for Charlotte, considering that he's in that starting role. You just signed Nick Richards to that backup role as well, or at least signed that contract extension on his second deal 
to keep him in the fold moving forward for Buzz City. But again, just a formality here for the most part. We kind of had an idea that Mark was going to be in the future here in Charlotte, and why not? The way that he's been playing as of late has just been great. A couple double-doubles to start the season. When he is healthy, he is ready to go. I know he had a thumb injury last year, but was able to rehab that, was able to get that cleaned up in the offseason, and since then he has just been on a tear as of late as well. So again, like I mentioned, Mostly a formality here, Sam, but still always good news to hear uh, somebody getting their option picked up as we get kind of near that deadline here early in the season. Yeah, absolutely no-brainer. Like you said, really just kind of a formality, checking the boxing. I mean, Mark has been, uh, I thought, had a fantastic rookie year. You know, didn't see much of him in the first couple months because of, uh, you know, they didn't really need him. The injuries that weren't there at the center position, Nick was playing really well, Mason Plumlee was playing really well, and he got his opportunity um, around the All-Star break last year and really capitalized on it, too. So, um, you know, I think it's a little slow getting out of the gates this season. I mean, he looked really good in the opener, and I think for a couple reasons, like you said, didn't play nearly as much in the second half last night because of the size stuff, you know, trying to go a little bit smaller. I think um, in the Brooklyn game, by the time he was timed to come back in, you know, it, it was um, – you know, the game was kind of out of hand too. So they're still bringing them along slowly right now in the sense of, I think we're, you know, it it's, can't overlook, you know, the rehab process that he had to go through this summer. And so much of his game too, like Lamelo's, is timing, it's rhythm, it's touch around the rim. I mean, that's all stuff you need your hand to hand for. So um, I, I think the Hornets absolutely hit a home run pick when they, you know, they drafted him two years ago uh, or last summer, I should say, two drafts ago last summer. Um, and I think he's only going to get better. He's smart. He knows what he's doing. He had some really good plays last night away from the ball. You know, it, it, after a number of years of kind of having a kind of an inconsistent center rotation, it, it feels like the Hornets have finally found some stability there and uh, picking up. Mark Williams' option is, is a, definitely a sign of that, for sure. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that, Sam. You've been around this team for a very long time. You've been around this franchise for a long time. I wanted to ask you about that. It seems like now that center position is finalized or solidified, whatever adjective you want to use, between guys like Nick Richards and Mark Williams. Both homegrown talents, both guys you drafted, both guys that are, well, we're assuming that Mark Williams is going to get extended when he's eligible. Nick Richards already has that contract extension and is is on his second deal already, despite being a second-round pick not all that long ago. So now that that center position is finally finalized, more or less for lack of a better term, can you even think of a time when the center position was this stable here in Charlotte? Yeah, I would use the word stable instead of finalized, but it does feel like there's a little bit more, you know, a little bit more of a defined pecking order. I think these guys have both settled into their role very, very nicely. Uh, I like that they're both young, you know, they're a similar age. And I think it's, again, it's a hard position to come into the NBA and play well in because of, you know, we see some of these guys come in, you know, LaMelo came in, guards, wings, they can come in. There's a little bit less of a learning curve, uh, more so on the defensive end. You've got centers that come in, defense is entirely different from the college game. There's so much more spacing in the NBA. The players are so much more talented. Uh, you're the last line of defense at the basket, you know, and it's, you see foul issues being a problem. You see, you know, physicality being a problem. You know, these guys are still not physically done maturing for another couple of years too. So the progress that they've got from Nick and Mark so far has been absolutely tremendous the last, you know, two or three years, however long they've been in the league too. So the last time I can, I mean, it's, you know, it's been a little, I would say probably going back to in terms of having consistent year over year center probably dating back to to having al jefferson and cody zeller for you know two or three years in terms of, i'm still looking strictly at consistency and then it kind of became you know different guys in and out and trying different things and 
styles of play and, you know, incorporating different things. You know, it's just, it's not easy. It's a tough position to fill in the NBA. There's not a lot of really elite, big time, go to two way centers in the league. So when you have one and you have a prospect that you think can become one someday, you want to hold on to him. And I think the Hornets have that in Mark Williams. And I think they definitely have somebody that could fill in at times if need be for Mark Williams in Nick Richards too. You've got two guys that understand their role. Uh, they're very quick lateral movement, rim protectors and, you know, rim finishers. I thought Nick was really good last night, probably his best game of the season. So, uh, yeah, I really like how this front court is kind of getting pieced together right now for sure. Anytime that somebody's got to come in as a rookie second year, whatever it is, and they got to guard guys like Nicole Jokic, Joel Embiid, Bam Adebayo, and basically a completely different set of defensive rules, then I got all the respect in the world for them. So good news to hear Mark Williams had his third-year team option picked up here just the other day by the Hornets. Looking forward to him and Nick Richards moving the center position along over the next couple of years to come here in Buzz City. That's going to do it on this edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Sam Perley, thank you, as always, for jumping on the HHC with me. Of course. Thank you for having me. Hopefully next time will be the first winning edition of the Hornets podcast. Well, that will be Saturday, hopefully, as the Hornets set to take on the Indiana Pacers. We'll have a game preview of that one for you here in a couple of days. Coming up tomorrow, very good interview, a one-on-one between Sam Farber and the rookie Brandon Miller. Highly encourage you guys to check that out tomorrow. But in the meantime, for Sam Perley, I'm Rob Longo saying thank you so much for tuning in to today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast. We'll see you tomorrow once again here on the HHC. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit hornets.com.